Hello and welcome back to Perilous Prayers Podcast. Episode one saw us delve into the world of fashion. This week we focus on adventure and personal challenge and welcome Jamie Kerr, a coach with Man City Under 14 Development Squad, who has set himself the crazy challenge of running an ultra marathon and rowing across the Atlantic Ocean all in one year. Hello guys. Jamie, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you wanted to do with yourself when you were younger. Um, so I was born in uh, Dublin, Ireland, um, in a, a crazy um, soccer family. Um, my dad was an ex-soccer player and um, and he, he was also a, a, a soccer manager. So uh, I didn't really have a choice but to get into to soccer um, from, from a young age. However, I had no, I had no real interest in adventure or anything else like that. Um, so that's come a little bit later. But uh, yeah, I grew up uh, massively in soccer, playing all my life. Eventually went into coaching um, and managed to get a job over here in the UK. Um, so I've been working in the UK now for about nine years. Um, so yeah, managed to work my way up to, to Manchester City and uh, I work with the under-14s now. So that's, that's what I got here. Um, you work for Man City. What's that like? Yeah, honestly, it's brilliant. Um, like it's such a, it's such a good place to work. Uh, in terms of, I'm working with some of the best players in Europe, really. Um, so it's a real privilege to be around those every day, as well as the amazing facilities here. Um, I there's nothing that I could ask for in terms of coaching. That's a million miles away from what I experienced growing up. So yeah, there's so many positives for working here, and, and I'm very lucky, if I'm honest. Is the world of Premiership football as um, glamorous as it seems? <laughs> well, I am not quite involved in the Premiership football sort of stuff. I work in the academy, so slightly below that. These boys are aspiring to be Premier League footballers. Um, and yes, it, when you get to that level, I'm sure it's very, very, very um, rewarding. However, there's a lot of hard work that goes on before that. Um, there's a lot of sacrifice that needs to take place. And we see that on a daily basis with the, with the young players here. Um, they miss out on a lot in, in terms of growing up and experiencing what young children normally experience. So um, there is certainly a trade-off, but I think the rewards are huge at the end of the day if they can make it there. And um, what player at Man City impresses you the most and why? Oh, great question. Um, I, I, was a, I was a defender back when I played, so I have a bias towards defenders. And Man City at the moment have a Portuguese central defender called Ruben Diaz. Um, he's not really a big name yet, but um, he, he's big in this team and he's becoming more and more of a leader. And if I'm honest, I don't just like him because of the football stuff. I like him because of his personality, the way he is around the other players, the way he uh, demands and, uh, and expects high standards. Um, so I see all that sort of stuff um, away from just the, the football performance. But yeah, he's my favourite player. Um, what are your future career goals? Do you want to stay coaching youth or would you like a change? Whoa, another good question. Um, I really miss the competitive side of um, soccer. So over here in the academy football, it's not always about winning. It's more about developing and growing as a player and as a person. Um, you get older to, to sort of um, under 18s, under 23s and, and men's and women's football, uh, sorry, soccer, it, um, it becomes more competitive and it's about winning and results. And, and that's what it was like growing up for me in Ireland. So I want to get back to that at some stage. But when that happens, I'm not sure. But 
yeah, hopefully at some stage I'll get closer to, to sort of men's football. So what makes a young man working with a good job want to take on grueling challenges that you have? <laughs> uh, well, my mum says I'm a little bit crazy, so um, she says I've got something missing upstairs, but uh, actually for me it's just about um, living a life that I want to live in terms of um, not having any regrets, making sure that I go things that I want to do and, and have amazing experiences along the way. So yeah, I've been, I've been looking at challenges such as this for a long time and I've been trying to do challenges that I'll always look back on and be like proud of myself, I suppose, for doing and, and having the courage to do. So it's, it's sort of about living a life that I can be proud of really. And, and uh, this is just one of the steps of one of the things that I want to do on my long, long list. Um, can you explain what is involved in the ultramarathon across the Sahara? Yeah, so um, that's, that's essentially six marathons in six days, um, carrying everything you need to survive on your back uh, across the Sahara Desert. Now, the only thing you get given to you every sort of 15 kilometers is water. So you don't have to carry that, but you carry it with you. So, yeah, um, that, that's essentially what it is. It's, it's climbing up sand dunes. It's um, sleeping in a semi-tent at the end of the night, cooking all your own food that you've carried, waking up again, doing it all over again. And then on day four, it's actually a double marathon. So it's, um, it's like 85 kilometers, which is so much more than I've ever ran before. Um, and all, all, all in sort of 58, 50 to 58 degree heat. I think this year's race uh, had 58 degree heat, which is just crazy, which obviously growing up in Ireland, you can't even imagine that heat. So that's going to be a huge shock for me. But uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm four, four and a half months out now from that and I've been training hard. So I'm just really looking forward to actually doing it now. Um, I see you were in Ireland uh, training last week. Not exactly warm climate. So how are you going to train uh, for the heat? Yeah, it's very hard to replicate that heat because where can you go on earth to experience 50, get 50 degrees heat safely and actually train? So with my busy schedule, I can't. So uh, basically, I'm just completing all the running training uh, here in the UK and in Ireland. And then closer to the start date, I'm going to go to um, a heat chamber, which is basically like going to a sauna where you can just use a treadmill or a bike and um, put your body through similar sort of heats that I'm going to experience out there. So it's just adding in those little training um, subtle differences to try, and, to try and get my body slightly exposed and, and used to that sort of heat. But it's going to be hard. I'm not going to be used to it. And ultimately, I'm going to suffer a little bit with that. Yeah. And um, tell us a little bit about your brave decision to row across the Atlantic and what happens if you get bad weather? Yeah, so this was a really, really scary one for me. Like I have no uh, maritime experiences. I, I'm not a sailor in any way. So the decision to do the row was a big one for me. Um, and it took all the courage that I had to just say, yes, I'm going to do this. Um, and I, my, I'm getting my head around it now. I'm, again, I'm... I'm, I'm getting on that boat in, in the Canary Islands and I'm going to have, have my, give it my best crack. Um, and yeah, it was scary, it was daunting, um, but I feel like you can train and prepare yourself in a way that will give yourself the best chance to do something. Uh, I'm a big believer of that. And I think that my preparations and my training will put me in a place that, that I'm ready to, to, to get in that boat and row. Um, so yeah, that's going to happen in December 22, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and things like dealing with bad weather are all part of that. Um, and if I do experience bad weather, long story short, 
I, I strap down everything that's on the deck of the boat um, and I lock myself in the cabin and uh, sit there and ride out the storm until, until it goes, really, and hope the boat doesn't get blown too far backwards because if the winds start doing that, that can be really mentally challenging when, you, when you've rowed so hard for three days and then you get pushed back three days because of the wind. So there's all these things that you've got to contend with, but bad weather is, uh, is one of the things that I'm probably most frightened about, the big storm. Jamie, are you worried about anything at all? If so, what are your biggest worries? Yeah, good question. Biggest worry for me is having to get in the water um, in the Atlantic Ocean and clean the bottom of the boat because I need to do that every week um, to make sure that uh, barnacles and, and growth doesn't happen on the boat um, because that will slow me down and add a long time to, for, to me getting to the finish. So I need to get in once a week, clean it, and I'm just, I've watched too many Discovery Channel documentaries on sharks. So uh, <laughs> that's a big fear for me. I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm going to have to do a bit of mental preparation around coping strategies and what I'm going to do to, to get myself in that water. Yeah. Um, are there any big sacrifices that you have to make in order to take on this challenge? Yeah. Um, basically, I started planning this about... 16 months ago so and I still have about 13 months to go so all in all it's about a three-year preparation um, and planning process so the there's been huge sacrifices already like I can't describe how, how many hours and and um, how many conversations how many meetings how much money there's so much so much I've, I've put into this already however I think that this will be worth it by when I finish and the experiences I'll have and, and how much I'll grow throughout this process um, will will be will be so worth it. So yeah, like simple things like getting up every, like an extra two hours every morning before your workday just to train and do the physical stuff. All those things are absolutely draining, but they gotta they gotta get done. So um, yeah, sort of acceptance that when you take on something as big as this, that there is gonna be there's gonna be some tough times. Um, the road is I think the physical challenge, but with the road there is an added mental challenge. Do you agree? Totally. I, everyone says that this row is going to be 90% mental. The people that I've spoke to that have done it in the past. I'm, like I, I, I try and, uh, try and I'm going to be rowing for like 16 hours a day, roughly. Imagine sitting on your couch for 16 hours a day. You would be absolutely going nuts. You'd be bored. No one could sit in their couch for 16 hours a day and enjoy it, no matter how, whatever you tell me. So imagine now rowing for 16 hours a day. So yeah, it's going to be incredibly tough mentally. Um, and there's going to be amazing things going on every now and again, like dolphins and whales and seeing cool things like the stars. But there's going to be long periods of boredom, um, loneliness, isolation. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be really, really tough. It's one thing I'm not too worried about at the moment because I do like my own company. Um, however, I've never had my own company for two or three months. So um, you guys can ask me that afterwards. But 100% a mental challenge. 100% um, one of the reasons why I'm doing this is for that challenge. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, what safety procedures are in place for both challenges? Yeah, so um, on the run, there will be sort of a safety team at every checkpoint and they have about three or four checkpoints a day. So like I said, every 15-ish K. Um, so they'll be there if I needed them for anything. Um, in the row, there's a load of safety procedures I have to do before I actually get in the boat and leave. However, when I'm out there, it's more or less you're on your own. There's, there's um, very minimal support. Uh, you're basically 
you have you have all your equipment to be self-sufficient so for me to get from a to b um, and hopefully not need any support i have to do 120 training hours on the boat before i'm allowed to to go and enter the race so there's a lot of training that has to go into it as well that they can sign me off on so yeah huge amount of of safety things i have to go through and, and boxes i have to tick which i think are all necessary for someone, especially for someone like me that doesn't have a lot of experience. So it, it puts me at ease a little bit knowing that it's very thorough. And both these challenges are so self-supported. Um, this creates confidence. Um, where does your confidence come from? <laughs> um, preparation. I feel like if you have really, really prepared for something and you leave no stone unturned, and that breeds confidence. Um, also, literally researching every aspect of this 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 challenge uh, I've done over the last sort of three or four years. There's no one I haven't spoke to, and there's no book or documentary I haven't read. I'm going to be very very prepared for this. So as prepared as I can possibly be, and and if you are as possibly can be, then uh, that does breed confidence and that gives you sort of um, I don't know a feeling of uh, uh, at ease, I suppose with. The, the, the nature of it. Um, must being very comfortable in your own headspace. Is that an important element of your training too? Yeah, oh God. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been on a rowing machine, uh, but oh my God, it, it it messes with your head. It's like a torture machine because basically you've got the telling you, right, you've now done 10 seconds, right, you've now done 15 seconds. And when you're doing hours on that thing, it, oh, it drives you mad. So you need to be you need to be able to switch on your thoughts and switch off your thoughts. And, and uh, honestly, there's nothing better when you um, you have like 20 minutes of, oh, that, that flew by. That was brilliant. Um, but that comes from uh, just being sort of content and accept these training, uh, these training slogs aren't going to be, aren't going to be fun. And you just got to, inside your head, like you said, you just got to be able to go, yeah, right, this is happening. So just get on with it. Yeah. Um, what are your chosen charities and why did you select them? Yeah, so um, my chosen charity in Ireland is the Cancer Fund for Children, which is a therapeutic door break centre um, in the north of Ireland. And they're also building a second centre in um, the west of Ireland in, in Mayo to try and support children uh, in the Republic of Ireland as well, who are going through sort of um, cancer diagnoses or someone in their family has, has got cancer. So it's... It, tough time for those for those children and then um, hopefully these centers give them so, some sort of like reprieve and hope and and a place where they can go and have fun and, and enjoyment and i was there last week at the one in northern ireland and it was just an amazing place so that's the uh, charity in ireland that i'll be supporting and then over here in the uk i'm also supporting city in the community um, with their new mental health program called city thrive which is uh, based around supporting children uh, in in manchester with uh, their mental health and um, challenges that they face, particularly off the back of COVID. In the end, so directly, she said it changed her perspective on life. Would you agree? Yeah, um, in India, uh, it was just a crazy, crazy uh, space, like experience and space for me. I'd obviously grown up in Ireland, um, and then I went out to North East India, which is basically in the Himalaya Mountains. Uh, with next to nothing, no internet, no smartphones, um, no Sky TV, nothing. So it was just me and another another six-month period. And it was just incredibly, uh, incredibly rewarding because you see how much these children 
um, loved us really and the fact that we're teaching them football. I genuinely feel like we were the, the, the highlight of their sort of childhood and upbringing because it was just something that was so different to them. Um, and yeah, it, it made me sort of understand that I want to help children with anything I do in the future. It's about sort of giving people a hand up and, and uh, making sure that we can make the most out of a childhood really um, and any small way I can contribute to that. Basically, I said I want to do having left India. And you were over there for six months as a high-tech component getting to your routine back at home. Absolutely not. That day I left India was one of the best days of my life. I could not wait to get home um, and just see everyone and get back to sort of the home comforts. Uh, little things like I wanted the chicken fillet roll that I, that I get from Ireland in, in my local shop and things like that I just couldn't wait to get back to. Um, so no, coming home from India was not a challenge at all. I do think coming home from the row will be tough for me because... Um, I've had a, such a big goal I've been working towards for, like I said, three years. And then when I come back from this, it's going to be like, oh, just back to the day job now. So that's going to be challenging, but I'm already preparing myself for that now. So I'm getting, getting ahead of the game. You have um, very good support from family and friends, actually. Unreal, unreal. Uh, I honestly don't... I'm quite driven on my own. When I set myself a target, I will do it regardless. But they, without them, it would have been so much harder. Like just someone to speak to about it, someone to say, just keep going when you're having those tough days. And um, particularly with the fundraising, because I have to, I have to ask so many people for support to to support these charities and and get the money necessary. And so many people say no, uh, and it's quite challenging to take that day after day after day. However, when you get a few people that um, support you and um, and sort of back you, it's, it's so rewarding. And, and my family and my friends have massively done that so far. So yeah, it's been key. Um, have you gotten much support uh, from the public so far? Yeah, the, it's been good. Like um, through my social media account, there's been quite a lot of support. To be honest, I hope that it's going to triple and quadruple, if I'm honest, once I start pushing this to the external media, like the, the news channels and papers and stuff like that, because I haven't done that yet. I'm waiting until I get my boat before I um, I really push it. So hopefully it can grow because ultimately the more people that see this, the more likely they're going to donate. And the more do people we donate, the more children we're going to support and help. So um, I need this to really snowball and hopefully it will gather momentum and do exactly that. Um, what can we do next? And where can my listeners find you and hopefully join me to your cause? Um, Probably the best place to find me is on the Nothing Ventured Instagram, Nothing Ventured Campaign Instagram. And um, you can follow the whole journey there. That's probably the best place where I'll be most engaged on social media. Um, and then from there, I have links to my uh, campaign video, to my website. If anyone would like to donate, you can donate to the website. Or even if you can just like, share, um, it, all, it all helps. So, um, yeah, it'd be brilliant if... If uh, you could pass the world around your school and, and get as many people uh, interested in, in what I'm doing. Um, one last journey, and will you be live streaming online or will you get updates? Yeah. Um, so basically, on my boat, I'll have a tracker that will, you'll be able to download an app and follow exactly where I am at any stage of the day. So you'll be able to see where I am and where I'm going um, and how far I've done. And then all you do is um, send uh, daily. Uh, videos back 
that people are going to upload to my Instagram for me. So you, I'll, I'll tell you how good a day it's been or how bad a day it's been or I've seen six sharks today, I'm not getting in that water. Whatever it's going to be, you'll be able to, to see the updates. And what I'm going to do is as soon as I get my boat, I'll be doing tours of the boat, what a training day looks like. Um, so yeah, also from the desert when I'm running as well, I'm going to be doing updates. So all, everything will be uh, accessible, hopefully, um, all, going, all going well. And that will be mostly through the Instagram page. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jamie, from the presentation and our teachers and myself and Ashley here. We really enjoyed chatting to you. Thanks, Lydia. Thank you. No problem. No problem at all. Thank you for having me on and best luck with what you're doing.